Hi everyone and welcome to the Industry Insiders podcast, the show brought to you by Edinburgh College which gives you expert advice and inspiration whatever your career goal. I'm Heather and this episode is about architecture, design and construction. This career area has grown by 1% in the last two years and it's expected to remain steady over the next four years. Great news for our built environment students. Today, Industry Insider is Ewan Whittle, Architectural Assistant for HTA Design. Ewan has been with his employer since 2016 and has heavily been involved in several large projects in the last three years. Ewan graduated from Glasgow's Macintosh School of Architecture and was awarded distinction for his thesis project, which looked into how increasing the availability of local timber could reduce the damaging practice of importation from the Central African Republic. And I can't wait to hear more about this. So thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Ewan, thank you. So first of all, what made you decide to get into the industry you're working in and what did you study? Um, so I studied architecture. Um, and what made me interested in that was just general design to begin with. Um, I first had a real interest in just Lego. Sort of okay, so from a child then? Yeah, sort of, as sort of basic as that sounds. Mm -hmm. um, sort of just building and moulding different models and things like that through Lego was a real interest of mine. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was just interested in um, technical drawing at school. Okay. Um, and that sort of fed into a career in architecture, mm -hmm. or at least an attempt yeah. at that point. And I guess here I am now. Yeah. yeah. So, so you said you studied architecture or the equivalent at school, is that right? Yeah. Um, so, the, we, we, so you, in my school we did a subject called graphic communication. Right, okay. Which involved technical drawing. Yeah. Um, so we would draw things from buildings to um, any sort of product. So sort of product design, technical drawing, sort of mm -hmm. idea. And we would do that by hand, by computer, and then using 3D mm -hmm. modeling software. Okay, so you got a bit of a flavour for it at school and then... Sort of, yeah. yes, but I mean, my school education and going to university was sort of, it was a bit of a culture shock because I wasn't really that prepared for okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't know I knew that much about the subject mm -hmm. prior to starting it. Right, so okay. It took me a couple of years before I actually really thought I understood what I was studying. Okay. Yeah. So, moving from school to university then, yep. so did you take any time out or did you ju just jump no, straight from school? I jumped straight in. Mm -hmm. So I left um, when I was 17 and then by the time I started university I was 18. Okay. Um, I might have been better off having a year out to mm -hmm. try and actually understand the subject because architecture is one of those things that it's it's very direct subject. So when you get into it, you're going into a very specific field. Okay. You're not being led into um, a sort of subject like a, a politics or something like that. Where yeah. You can go off in different directions. With architecture, you're very much pushed into one path. Okay. You have to be quite sure of what you're doing. Uh, yes, you yeah. can. I think later on, you mm -hmm. can't realise that you can branch off into other things, right. but the actual subject itself and what you're going to do while you're at university is very focused. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, so how many years of studying do you need to become an architect? Um, so it can vary, but the minimum is seven years. Wow, oh my gosh, it's just like a doctor. <laughs> so, it's, so it's broken into sort of different phases. So what I did, um, 
or I'm currently still doing so I did three years of university making sales what's called your part one. Okay. You then take a year out in industry and you see you go and find a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you work in that for twelve months and at that point you're known as an architectural assistant part one. Okay. You complete those twelve months and then you go back to university to do a further two years. Wow. Okay. And then following that two years of university you then go and get a full time job, which is where I am now. Right. You do a bit more work until you feel like you're ready to go and do the final professional exams, which is known as part three. Okay, and then that's you, you're... And then, yeah, so I'm in the process of studying towards that this year. Wow, and is it a mountain of work? Um, yeah, 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 there's quite a lot of stuff to learn, Mm -hmm. because it's things that you you don't otherwise learn. Okay. Day to day, it's okay. Things that you have to go with. It's all about contractual things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So my exam will be in November. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by the end of the year, I should be done. I feel like no qualified. Education for me. But it, it, if someone does want to become an architect, um, we need to be aware that seven years is the minimum. Mm-hmm. But I think the average is about nine. Okay. So there's still more that you could do after you're qualified as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so moving on to your current role then, so how did you start working at HTA Design then? Um, so when I finished university, I just started looking um, for a variety of jobs. Um, HTA was one that cropped up um, and I really liked the, uh, the stuff they did. I liked the look of the company from the outset. They seemed like a really um, warm company, inviting social, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so that's kind of what led me there, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, and then I went and interviewed. I liked the people that I met, and then thankfully they offered me a job. Great. Yeah. And was that who you worked with after your first few years at university? Or no. So I um, went to London and oh, did wow. a year in London, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoyed that. It was great. Um, I know a lot of people go to London to work in architecture yeah. in the UK. Okay. Um, but I decided that I wanted to. Stay in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did your time and back yeah. up. <laughs> so I went, I was looking for a job in Edinburgh. Yeah. Basically. I mean, they used to actually, when I first spoke to them, they were looking for people in London and I asked if there was a chance to work in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they made space for me. They obviously liked you, then. yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Good. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about your role then and what it entails kind of day to day? Yeah, so I think. From when I started the job, so I started this job about two and a half years ago, um, you sort of, you, the, the title is architectural assistant, so mm-hmm. you, you essentially, in most cases, you work underneath an architect, so okay. an architect will lead a, a construction project, say, mm-hmm. and the assistant will do jobs underneath that architect and report to that architect, okay. um, and it can vary massively, mm-hmm. so any role within a project the architect can give to an architectural assistant if they deem that they have the right skills to do that job. Okay. Um, and as I've progressed, mm-hmm. I've been given more and more responsibility. Right. As I've gained experience and I've sort of learned how the job works. And mm-hmm. to be honest, a lot of the work I do now, I'm doing the, the role of an architect. Okay. Um, so I think that's kind of the way that you progress mm-hmm. so, that when, so, so that when you do actually qualify as an architect you can actually feel like an architect yeah it's, don't familiar. Just, it's not just a label mm-hmm. okay so, great sounds like a good setup so 
um, as a as an assistant, then mm. are you more often than not just reporting to one architect and there's a kind of, a kind of assistant? Yeah, in, my, in, in my experience, yes. Right. But I know of people in my office who have the same job who move around projects mm -hmm. kind of as and when our resources needed. Okay. Um, so one day you could be doing a, a CGI, which is like a, compute, a computer generated image, basically, mm -hmm. which is quite a lot of, of work. Um, mm -hmm. And because you're good at that skill, you can sometimes go down that route. Mm -hmm. And then within the office structure, you can become them to the person who's got that skill, and then you might move from project to project, right. offering that one skill. Um, um, it doesn't always work out like that. Mm -hmm. Other people are more general based. So mm -hmm. okay, so you can kind of so become a bit more special. Yes, yes, yeah. no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, and going back to your earlier question about. It, Getting into architecture is quite sort of focused. It mm -hmm. is at university, but once you leave, there are lots of different strands of jobs that you can take on okay. within the sort of architecture industry. Great, really. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so the Edinburgh area currently employs around about six hundred and fifty-four architects. Um, but what other types of jobs are there within architecture, and what's the typical makeup of a firm? And you've kind of gone into that a little bit more. Yeah. So my, with my firm. Um, we have a mixture of people, so we've got architects, we've got landscape architects, we've got um, graphic designers, mm -hmm. and we've got architecture technicians. Okay. Um, and we also do a bit of interior design, and interior yeah. design is definitely something that if you studied architecture, you can make that transition. Okay. I mean, I know people who studied architecture all the way through, and then have decided at the end of that, they're more interested in the interior design mm -hmm. portion of the subject and have okay. gone down that route. Yeah. Um, and I also know other people who've become sort of more technician based. Mm -hmm. So as an architect, you're more of a general practitioner, so mm -hmm. say, and you overlook a project and you make sure lots of different consultants are doing their bit okay. to get your job done. Right. Um, but you can go off and become say someone who focuses on interior design or the technical design. So like a technical designer might focus on um, actually working out how everything, every little material fits together and mm -hmm. holds together to actually create the overall building. Okay. So it's, it's a balance between the kind of technical and the creative side. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I think that that's a sort of a good representation of what an architect is. Mm -hmm. They sort of need to know a little about a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you can, if you want, go down the route of becoming specialised in one small aspect. Mm -hmm. Great. So, what are the typical stages that you go through from an initial design or client brief to seeing a building being opened? And I can't imagine it's very quick. <laughs> no, it's not very quick. Um, so, it's set out by what's called the RIV stage of work, mm -hmm. usually in the United Kingdom. So, there's sort of seven stages to that. Right. Um, so the first stage is obviously stage one, so that's when you get your client briefing. Um, and then that stretches all the way through um, to, to stage two would be concept design, so that's when you'd put a plan application to your local council. Right. Um, and then from that point, the local council will either approve or um, reject your proposal, should they approve it, and it moves on to stage three and stage four, mm -hmm. which is more technical-based design. Yeah. Um, and then after stage four, it goes 
was on stage five, which is construction, so that's when it's on site. Right, okay. Stage six is handover, and mm -hmm. so that's when the building is being handed over from a contractor to a client, and then mm -hmm. stage seven is building and use. I yeah, okay. So, so, would you be on site quite a lot? Or I was, on, spend a lot I was on site yesterday. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. So, at the minute, I'm working on a job on Monday, and I'm on site every Tuesday. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Do you enjoy that side of the job? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's brilliant because you spend mm -hmm. a lot of time sitting, drawing something and working it out. Mm -hmm. And to actually see how that all goes together and becomes a real thing that people use and interact with mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah, it's really rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what different types of projects do you work on? And are they mainly residential or commercial? In my, in my firm, um, we are a residential okay. practice, so we specialise in residential. Okay. But um, I have worked on um, other things. So, um, although we're a residential practice, I had a job in Dundee that had an office attached to it. So, okay. I've got sort of a little bit of experience in mm. office design, but not much. Mostly residential. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to you know studying and what it takes to be an architect, uh -huh. what would you say the characteristics are of someone if they wanted to get into the sector? Um, good at problem solving. Mm -hmm. okay. For the actual job, I think problem solving is is very very key. And mm -hmm. um, being able to formulate your own decisions, I would say. Mm -hmm. So it would be easy for me to say, oh, well, you've got to have a, a good eye for detail and things like that, and which which are all valid. But I think being able to have your own opinion about something and not be passive. Okay. Um, always be willing to learn mm -hmm. because there will always be something that you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's definitely key. Um, and that's something that um, I learned quite a lot. Um, at university, I was always desperate to know everything. Um, and you just have to accept that you can't. Mm -hmm. There will always be something to learn every day. Yeah. Um, and also, not be too worried about necessarily what other people are doing, okay. especially while you're at university. Because mm -hmm. it's quite um, can be quite a stressful environment because the day-to-day -day life is that you'll do a project at university and then every couple of weeks you'll have to pin it all up on the wall. Right. And everyone will sort of critique it um, and you'll have your tutors or guest lectures will come in and ask you difficult questions. Mm -hmm. So um, you can kind of tie yourself up in knots if you don't um, learn to think for yourself. Okay. Because you can see other people's work on the wall and then just end up trying to replicate what they do. Yeah. It's not yeah. always the right thing to do. No. Yeah. So I think being a bit sort of... Um, it's the best way to describe it, but just not being too influenced mm -hmm. by your colleagues at university. But then it's interesting once you get out of the workplace and say it's the complete opposite. Yeah. You need to be very willing to work with the people around you mm -hmm. and work as a team. Okay. So that's a, that's a problem, I think, with yeah, architectural education. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't necessarily set you up as you should be moving to the mm -hmm. Gives you the kind of theory and the knowledge, but actually, yeah. I'd, 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 say, I'd say that it's it's quite a stressful environment, if I'm being totally honest. Mm -hmm. um, and certain types of people will flourish mm -hmm. because they're not too concerned by what everyone else do around them. But if you see that someone else is drawn something in a certain way, 
and you've not done yeah. it, there's a tendency for people to, to go, I have to do that as well. Yeah. And really, not every project needs to be like that. No, no project is the same, so they need to be treated differently. Yeah. So you're trusting your instincts, really, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, if you want to yeah. boil it down to yeah. that's, that's a key skill. Yourself, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've heard that you recently won a design competition, which will be based in Africa. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So, really exciting. Um, yes. So my client or job I was working on with Dundee is um, he's got a relationship with a school in Malawi, and um, he uh, he's, he's basically trying to fundraise to build them. Um, Dormitories for the school because it's it's in a very remote area. So mm-hmm. the the children that are travelling backwards and forwards from the school have to two hours there and two hours back. I think it's quite dangerous. Okay. Um, so he wanted to offer them facilities so that the kids could board at the school oh, and wow. just have a bit more time to actually study mm-hmm. um, because it gives them a route out of poverty. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's been set up by one of our clients. He created this competition within mm-hmm. our company, so everyone that worked at HTA was invited to uh, submit a design mm-hmm. for these dormitories. Um, and yeah, and you won. I, so I was a joint winner. So I won, and um, a girl from the London office also won. So Fantastic. we have quite similar schemes. So I think um, we're going to try and sort of refine it and compare mm-hmm. the two yeah. to create one thing. So yeah. It would be really rewarding, obviously, seeing your designs helping socially oh, like that. It's, yes, yeah, absolutely. Kind of and I think that that's why a lot of people get involved with architecture in the first place, mm-hmm. is you can make a difference. Yeah. Definitely. Great. So if that is the way that you're driven, then it's definitely a good subject. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so thinking about the industry as a whole then, what do you think are going to be the biggest changes in the next few years? Um, technology, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming that must be the same answer that everyone gives. But so, I the project that I'm working on in London at the minute um, is a bit different to your standard construction. It's it's known as modular construction. Okay. Yeah. So the um, the building is made up of a series of modules, mm-hmm. which are built in a factory. Yeah. And then are then brought Then I'm doing the essentially putting back the lorry. Driven to the site, craned in. Mm-hmm. See so on DIY SMS. And it goes, <laughs> and it goes super fast. Yeah. And much quicker than a, okay. a typical concrete frame or steel frame. Yeah. Or timber frame. Yeah. Okay. So it's more efficient for kind of timescale wise and. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that won't suit every job, but that mm-hmm. suits the job that I'm doing at the minute. Okay. So it's yeah, technology. So obviously improvements in the way that. Um, People share information between consultants will mm-hmm. improve, um, and then the actual construction mm-hmm. will improve. Yeah. Um, I think things like minimising waste and mm-hmm. stuff like that are all very important. to say about sustainability, is that quite a big kind of... Yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's big, yeah, it's a big drive. Yeah. So, um, the less... The, by doing the modular construction, you waste less material. Okay, right. Because it's built in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes to site that's fully waterproofed already. Oh wow, okay. Um, and all the fixings are also, you're minimising the amount of rubbish that gets left around your typical building site. Right, okay, great. 
Um, so what, you've kind of given loads of advice already actually about kind of trusting your instincts and not looking at others too much Absolutely. throughout kind of university, but what's um, your best piece of advice that you'd give someone in a, an architectural career? Um, in an architectural career, probably not the best person to ask in the early days. Um, but in terms of my experience, my best piece of advice would be just always throw yourself in. So, in my experience, I've been sort of in positions where I maybe wasn't experienced enough to deal mm-hmm. with that situation. Okay. Well, if you give it a go, mm-hmm. you'll sort of make some mistakes here and there, but if you just keep plugging away, you'll, you'll learn quickly. Uh-huh. I feel like I've learned very quickly to a point where um, I'm, I'm sort of reasonably comfortable going into uncomfortable situations, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, always always be willing to put yourself in a difficult situation mm-hmm. is the way that I've learned how to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and what would you say the most challenging thing is about your, your job just now? Most challenging? Yeah. Uh, balancing the job and studying for the part three exam. Yeah, okay. Um, it's quite difficult. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to sort of learn all this essentially new stuff mm-hmm. that I wouldn't know otherwise. Um, and then balancing that with a full time job as well. It's yeah, it's quite challenging. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean, that, that would be a piece of advice to anyone that does go into architecture that thinks it's going to take them seven years to become fully qualified. Be aware that. If you do want to do your part three exam, which is what I'm doing this year, if you want to do that in your seventh year, say, mm-hmm. of study, then you're going to be putting yourself under an enormous amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. And I would always recommend to give yourself an extra year or two to just go and work after you finish your mm-hmm. university career. Okay. So that you can learn about the job and not be too concerned about studying for another exam. Right, okay. So wait until you're sort of comfortable within the job before mm-hmm. you go into okay. that. Yeah, lots of pressure, my gosh. Um, and what would you say the most rewarding thing is about your job? Um, going going to the site and seeing mm-hmm. things happen. Mm-hmm. See things that you've drawn uh, as a 2D or 3D thing on a piece of paper turn into a real life building. Mm-hmm. That's the most satisfying thing. But also seeing uh, what's very satisfying is working very hard on a piece of work, like a planning application, and then seeing it be successful, mm-hmm. and seeing it go through the planning application, become approved, mm-hmm. and then it moves on to the next step to one day become a building. Yeah, so every stage is quite rewarding then. Yeah, absolutely. So every time every time you complete a stage, it's mm-hmm. a big milestone. Yeah. It's one step closer to getting the building onto site. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My project that I'm working on was previously working on Dundee that um, is being moving through stage three. Um, it's very rewarding when you get to the end of that stage because you put a lot of work mm-hmm. to develop and design. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. Just moving through those stages, yeah. Yeah, completing the stages is very rewarding. Yeah, getting that green light and you're Absolutely. like, finally, we can go ahead. And, yeah. yeah.
Good. Um, so we've got to a stage where we've got some of our students who have asked you some questions. Okay. Um, and they're studying built environment here at Edinburgh College. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you some yeah, questions. Okay, that's yeah. right, from students. Um, so what, the first one is, where do you prefer to spend your time? In the office, working on drawings, designing, or being on site with clients and contractors and see how work is progressing? Um, when I first started, um, I think, in the office, Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy drawing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love to be able to start with a blank piece of paper and actually finish a drawing and mm-hmm. actually have something to go and later show the client mm-hmm. and ask them what they think about that. Um, but now, as I've been going on, it's, it's extremely rewarding to go to the site. So I think it's impossible to say both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd say both. I'd say both. You can have either or without mm-hmm. having experience. Okay. So you need to be able to do both. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, if I study architectural technology, is there scope for me to then go on and study and become an architect? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I studied with a couple of people who did architectural technology, um, finished that degree and then moved on to architecture. Okay, so it's quite an easy transition. Uh, I think, to be honest, mm-hmm. that it makes you, it'll probably make you a better architect at the end of the day. Okay. Um, I think it's a longer... Yeah, it's obviously a longer period mm-hmm. of study, but at the end of it, you'll be more rounded. Okay. Great, good to know. Um, do you need to do any further studying after you've got your job and you're fully qualified as an architect? Once you're fully qualified as an architect, there's no sort of real um, university studying to be done, but you are required to supply, I head, but I think it's about 50 hours a year of what's called CPDs, which is mm-hmm. um, continual knowledge. Um, so no, there's not any university courses or anything like that. Okay. But architects as a career are, will always be learning. Yeah. So I think they say that an architect's not in his prime until he's in his 60s or something. Like wow. Because, oh yeah, because you, as I say, you just learn things all, all the time. time. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, what's been your favourite project to work on in your career so far? My project in Dundee, mm-hmm. okay. because I was involved in that right at the very, very start where it was essentially a sketch, um, and now we've taken it through and um, so we just completed stage three, hopefully we'll start stage four design, mm-hmm. um, and after a few months, if that goes through okay, then we should be on site, but yeah, my project in Dundee. Great. Um, and if you could pick one building anywhere in the world, to have been involved in designing and working on, what would it be and why? Tricky one. Yeah, that is a tricky one. <laughs> um, potentially the Sydney Opera House, but I'm sort of seeing that with sort of trepidation because mm-hmm. I see some of the drawings and some of the sort of geometry that's gone into it. <laughs> Not so good. Yeah, well, it's, not, it's, it's just very, very sort of complex. Okay. Um, so, yeah, maybe Sydney Opera House. Maybe because that was one of the things that I, I really sort of warmed to when I was younger. I remember mm-hmm. when I was in sixth year of high school, I was preparing for my um, interview at university. I, I sat and tried to sketch an image of the Sydney Opera House. Wow. Just because it's a bit, it's so different. Yeah, it? it's you iconic. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I'll go with the Sydney Opera House. Brilliant.
Fantastic. Um, so we're on to our final question. Um, and the final question is, where do you see yourself in your career in five years' time? I, I would like to be able to to essentially do the job of, of a, I say what's maybe called a senior architect in my office, mm -hmm. to someone who um, is the first point of contact for a project, who, okay. who leads the project, who sort of manages all the other consultants, mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, basically. So I've been, these past couple of weeks, I've been filling in for um, one of the senior associates at work, who is a senior architect as well, and so I've been sort of in his shoes for the past two weeks, yeah. dealing with lots of things he does. Um, and yeah, it'd be great to get to that position and feel comfortable within that position. Five years' time might be a little bit early, but um, yeah, something. Something to aspire to. Yeah. And you have your own architectural assistance under you. Well, yeah. But I think, I th I think the, the thing about the, the term architectural assistant is. Um, Misleading because mm -hmm. you get people, kind of like architectural assistants, who are brilliant at their jobs, yeah. but very much not an assistant. They yeah. can go and do large portions of work themselves without limited mm -hmm. um, help yeah. from anyone. But yeah. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us here no today. It's been great. Yeah. And if you're interested in getting into architecture, you can check out our built environment courses on the Edinburgh College website. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we hope you found this episode useful. And tune into our next podcast episode to find out what industry we'll be exploring next time. Thanks. <laughs>